Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded November 27th, 2021. A couple uh, podcasts, uh, bits of cleaning up, I guess, to address at the top of the podcast. I don't really edit anything, if it's not clearly obvious when you listen to the podcasts. The main bit of editing I started doing at least a little is I would at least press stop recording or something if uh, you know I had to cough or something. But in the beginning episodes, I didn't wasn't uh, quite adept at that quite yet. And so uh, apologies for early episodes if anyone is listening and listen to the beginning episodes. We're still getting into a bit of a rhythm. I'm still working on that now. Sometimes, so that's what that is, and that's why there's sometimes pauses, and that's why sometimes it may feel uh, a bit disjointed, because uh, I have a general idea, topics I want to address, start of the podcast, and then I just kind of talk about them for an hour and see where the mind wanders thinking about certain subjects tends to just uh, lead to other ones, you know, because we're all connected, you know, the planet is circular, it's not flat, it's, uh, we do live on a round planet, and we are a migratory species that interacts with other species, and, you know, it's all, all connected, you know. So various sort of political issues or various uh, economic issues, they're interrelated to other things. So, I thought today, delve into the topic that, well, I like to think about often, because it's, uh, I suppose, well, it's a part of my daily life, and that is cannabis. It's one of the many stress points within the United States of America. There are a lot of stress points. There's a lot of stress put on working class people by those in power, those in government. And the uh, prohibition of the plant known as cannabis is certainly one of those major stress points. There are, you know, the total number of people who have spent time in prison, jail, had freedom taken away because they were growing, selling, or possessing, had in their possession a particular type of plant that human beings have been used, using for thousands of years and has various therapeutic qualities. The fact that that's what that number is, is, is it's a big number. There's way too many people who have had their freedom taken away because they were growing, selling, or just had in their possession a type of plant. And that is what cannabis is. It does offer a wide variety of different therapeutic benefits. When it is legal, uh, the, the price of it, the cost of it, street value, quote-unquote, goes dramatically down. Uh, one of the reasons cannabis can be sold for a, at an inflated price in certain areas of the world is when it's illegal. It, be, it instantly becomes a black market product when you make it illegal. 
and then it's also far less regulated. There's less uh, quality control. Uh, there's less choice uh, for the person that benefits from cannabis. But cannabis is a plant, and, you know, it comes from seed, responds to photosynthesis with a fairly minimal investment and a very, fairly limited amount of space. You can grow many, many pounds of cannabis that investment-wise, you're maybe talking, you know, on the higher ends, maybe 25 cents per gram is what you're investing. You can then sell that product for $10 a gram, if not more. Right. So when it's illegal, it sort of creates an incentive for people to grow it illegally, you know, because there's a demand for it. It's easy and cheap to grow. There is zero substitute for cannabis. It is one of a kind. You, you can't really replace it with anything. You know, you, you can't make a drug that's the same as cannabis. It's just not quite the same. The side effects are going to be far more dramatic. There are different types of cannabis. Not all types of cannabis is just going to make you lazy and eat eat junk food all day and lay on the couch. You know, you know, for me that would be an indica strain would make me feel that way. A sativa strain, which is the primary strain that I smoke, in addition to CBD dominant strains, uh, just generally make me want to exercise or engage in various artistic endeavors. You know, pursuit. Activity just tends to be more abundant when uh, I'm on sit steady sativas. I I prefer to stay kind of constantly motion in motion and kind of uh, steadily moving. It may have something to do with the epilepsy that you've had, and uh, cannabis is really the only thing that I found that kind of it gets the best results. You know, when I was a kid, I was prescribed certain medication that was to like prevent seizures but it I remember them saying that it would slow metabolism down and the idea of that even as a kid I just knew was like no good and so I just never took them um, and just had to uh, over many many years work out uh, what worked best alcohol is no good but uh, I took a little too long to sort that out but eventually did Cannabis, however, and specifically on its own, um, not the way I do it with mixed with tobacco to make the spliff. Horrible habit I picked up a while back, but cannabis in and of itself uh, is very therapeutic, has a wide variety of benefits, and these are real and tangible. A government man saying they don't exist doesn't mean that they're not there, you know. Um, this There's this weird... It's part of the age that we've been in for a while, this sort of denying of reality, you know, and, and this sort of presenting of an alternate reality that people like just accept uh, because it's being presented as reality, even though it's not reality, you know. But it's the reality that we've been accepted and accepting for decades, you know. There, there was a certain reality about cannabis that was presented, an, an alternate reality, really, that it was an extremely dangerous substance that anyone that did it would that there's zero benefit and all this kind of stuff and that it needs to be criminalized created major stresses on our society 
you know, tens of thousands of people, if not millions of people, had their freedom taken away, were locked away. And primarily this was poor and minorities. And if you get to the root of the uh, prohibition of cannabis, that's where you really get to the the crux of the matter. That's really what it was about. The whole reason cannabis became illegal in the first place was an excuse to incarcerate certain types of people. That's what its purpose was, and it achieved its goal. It did exactly what it was intending to do. The people who originally, you know, were advocates for the prohibition of cannabis, the treating of cannabis as a crime in and of itself, this plant, you know. Certain people benefit from cannabis dramatically. I'm one of those types of people. I have epilepsy. Only one in 72 people have epilepsy. Two-thirds of the people who have epilepsy are of African descent. So I'm kind of in a interesting little group. I'm not of African descent. I even took a DNA test and it literally came back 0% African. I was kind of disappointed. I mean, I knew there wasn't going to be any, you know, <coughs> sizable percentage or anything, but yeah, I was genuinely hoping there'd be a little, at least a little something in there, but nope, primarily European. Uh, there is uh, 1% Colombian though. That was pretty cool on my DNA test. And then uh, like a total of like 3% Indian. That was kind of neat. But primarily European. Very, very white. But only one in 72 people have epilepsy and two-thirds of those people are of African descent. So, and the main thing that benefits people with epilepsy is cannabis. One of the probably the best ways to treat anxieties and depressions and a lot of different things that are being treated pharmaceutically is probably cannabis. Uh, it's not going to be the be-all, end-all for everything, but it should certainly be a, a tool in the tool belt, if you will, for medical practitioners, you know, instead of always resorting to some sort of pharmaceutical drug. Because we've seen the ads on TV for those drugs. And they are very real drugs with very real side effects. Most antidepressant drugs will have at least the side effect of suicidal thoughts. Um, so antidepressants may very well make you feel more depressed. There is that chance. Um, they're kind of playing... Obviously, yeah, there's a lot of science that goes into those drugs and stuff, but there's a lot of broad strokes or something. It's it just that it, it, there's something just kind of unnatural about it. I have, I don't know. I don't really want to be an advocate for, like, speaking out against people ever taking psychoactive drugs because I've been around some people that probably need to have be on some sort of something, but maybe this, it's like the... Uh, dosage is or too strong and then there's there's too much unclarity of defining well what is normal and what is like acceptable uh, levels of elation or depression what are what, what is in the acceptable parameters of uh, emotional expression within our society you know how do we define normal how what is the de appropriate level of stressfulness for a wide variety of different situations that we go through in this life living in this country. 
and it's sort of a, a a sort of prescribed this is how you need to be and if you're falling outside of that too much then here's a pill to kind of keep you in line uh, so that you can be more quote unquote normal whatever that is meanwhile the coolest and the brightest and the most entertaining people are all kind of out there you know they're kind of different and they don't really seem very normal at all and they're the ones that we like look up to the most it becomes very confusing and how to behave in this country this is a weird country a lot of potential immense potential but we get in our own way a lot we learn about all these uh, parables and learn about all these like virtues of working hard and and caring for your neighbor you should cure the sick and feed the hungry and all those kind of things so many people are like trained that as a as, as children that they're like this is what's important and then so many it's like they just find various excuses to kind of go in a very different direction and to kind of really embrace something totally different kind of vengeful kind of power seeking greed you know the war on cannabis is definitely about that you know um, pharmaceutical companies do very well better when cannabis is illegal when cannabis is totally openly legal and a legitimate option over many years you're probably going to see a, a dramatic decrease in the market share of pharmaceutical companies as far as uh, pain and uh, you know treatment of various conditions you know uh, cannabis the various cannabis industries will probably start taking a bigger a little bit bigger slice of the pie uh, once it becomes legal now this certainly creates some concerns with our capitalist society and our over over praising of capitalism uh, pure unadulterated capitalism is no good just as pure unadulterated socialism is no good so if and when there is ever a day when cannabis becomes purely legal, uh, there has to be a way to kind of allow a certain interstate commerce. and has to be a, a way to also kind of limit the amount of control that big, massive entities will try to take, especially when it comes to, you know, strain control over certain strains and stuff like that. Like, you can't have a situation like Monsanto where, like, they're saying that blue dream or whatever other most dominant strains popular strains that exist in cannabis are all owned by them or something so that anyone else no other company can grow it. we gotta make sure that that never happens you know we can't have the monsanto or whatever of cannabis you know uh, the best way for our society to move forward is certainly to start moving more back towards a, a more democratic direction, less oppressive, smaller government, um, war on drugs, war on people for you know growing, selling, and possessing certain types of plants is is a very big government. Uh, it's 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 a massive government. It's a it's a micromanaging, meddling, uh, oppressive government, a, a government that puts people in jail behind bars with murderers and rapists because that person was growing a plant 
that that's an oppressive government. You know that that's a, that's a dick. You know that that that's a authoritative style of rule. You know, vindictive and cruel. It's also a, a hypocritical government because there's very much laws on the books that say n n no punishment shall be cruel and unusual. You know, putting a person in a jail. You know for possibly years at a time because they were growing a plant that makes people feel good that you know that that's that's cruel and unusual punishment you know that the punishment does not fit the crime because the crime isn't you know it's it's a made up crime you know like cannabis is, is just a plant it it's it exists in our world if you want to have a relationship with that plant or have some sort of connection to it it is should be your choice. If you don't want to, then don't. But for many people, there is very much a connection to it and very much does have a wide appeal. But when you have a society that's kind of uh, losing its way, you know, that that's something that kind of gets put on the back burner, the cannabis thing. You know, well, we'll get to that later. But it's like a... It's a stress point that, that when you believe that stress, it kind of opens up a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of working class people that are right now in jail or are having a difficult time kind of making it in the world because they have a, you know, a criminal record. They're an ex-convict simply because they had a crime related to cannabis. They were, they were stopped by a cop and they had cannabis on them. And so they were arrested and put in jail. Now that's on their record. So it kind of limits. It makes it more tough for them to advance. And the whole and that's again the whole purpose of the banning of cannabis or the prohibition of cannabis was to suppress people. Okay, if you if you're wealthy and have can't you can have as much cannabis as you want if, if you're wealthy. It, it doesn't really matter. That's not really a crime. But the purpose of, of the law was to suppress people, and specifically minorities. And that's why it was on the books. So when we start getting more democratic, you, you relieve some of those stress points. It opens up a lot of things. You know, There's a lot of money being spent on building prisons and incarcerating people and paying for ATF agents and DEA who go looking for people growing or selling cannabis you know they had a hundred pounds of cannabis on them and you know okay what about the other person that had a you know a couple hundred pounds of pumpkins in in their truck neat you know what why did the police have to be involved you know who, who cares you know um what if it's a harder drug well why does a harder drug why is it being grown in massive amounts? Well, because it's more concentrated and, and more addictive and that kind of thing. But it's just as cheap to grow. Yeah, because it's also one that comes from a plant. Cocaine comes from a plant. It's just a concentrated version of a plant. But because it's illegal, the people who are willing to take the risk can grow it in a fairly small area at a minimal investment and charge an extremely inflated price and an even more inflated price than cannabis. If you want to get the full breakdown, watch the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. Of course, it's based on a real character who did indeed serve the rest of his life in prison. You know, but he, you know, he took took the risk. So, cocaine's another one where it's a it's a plant. 
And then, again, because it's been deemed illegal, there's going to be people who will take the risk and grow the plant that cocaine comes from and then, you know, process it, concentrate it down to to eventually get cocaine. There's a process there. And then they'll be able to sell that at massive markup. Now, obviously, again, if if it becomes legal... Uh, that black market just doesn't exist because you, you wouldn't be able to charge a massive rate. If you wanted to get cocaine, it would have to be from a licensed cocaine grower, you know, producer, whatever. And there'd be very strict regulations on who can sell it, how they can sell it. And, uh, you know, you would have to have a license to sell it. That can be, that's very hard to get and easy to, to lose and if you wanted to buy it, you'd have to go to those specific places. But those places that sold it would be selling it far cheaper than, you know, the black market. And then hence the black market would basically almost disappear. The cooking would be highly regulated and all that, so it would have to be what it would be. It would have to, you know, be checked and all that to make sure it wasn't cut with some who knows what. Black market, it can be, it could be cut with anything. The cannabis that was grown could be had. Who knows what kind of pesticides and stuff may have been grown on it if it was grown in the black market? What it was, what the growers used to get to maximize their dollar. It's black market. So whatever they're doing to maximize profit, that's what they're going to do. It's unregulated. It's the black market. So uh, becomes a sort of game of cat and mouse when, when certain things that just sort of exist in our world. Are become illegal. Well, they, they just exist. They're there. They're you know they're the, the cocoa plant. It's it, it's just a plant. The kind of plant it, it it is a plant. So it can just grow really anywhere. I mean, especially when you're talking about indoors, it can grow anywhere. So relieving those kind of stress points, it opens up a lot of uh, you know reducing expenditures. You know, there's lots of money being just wasted spent it on regulating those things when instead you could just receive tax revenue for it. Um, removing certain items from the list of prohibition and then moving towards some sort of licensing agreement um, to for those that want to purchase said items is not necessarily advocating for the use of, you know. Cocaine's a very dangerous substance. If you took away all the prohibition of those things though you could have something where people could grow the plant that cocaine comes from and they could just do like the people originally did the tribal people who originally discovered the plant where you just chew on the leaves and it's similar to the effects of several cups of coffee just a heightened sense of awareness and uh, you know that kind of thing so why not? You know, people should be allowed to make their own choices. Uh, but we're, we're a very hypocritical society where we say certain choices should be allowed, but others should not. You know, um, that they, certain choices should be dictated to them by the people or by this government entity. That's not really representative of, of the people, really. There, there's kind of an over-representation of this kind of extreme element that is a minority, but, you know, they're very loud. The vocal minority in this country is 
is is very vocal. You know, they're very loud and proud. You know, they're in your face about it sometimes. You know, um, so kind of what is the way to kind of wake those folks up? I don't know. I think. I just, I don't know. I just think that the repealing of the prohibition of cannabis just opens up a lot of windows because it's like it just, I think there's a lot of people that maybe need it to like be able to see things in a proper perspective or something. It's like they're not using all their mind. And so they're, they're, they're just being manipulated too easily, you know, like... I just don't know. It, it, it's just our country's in a very weird place because uh, it's like the cannabis thing is going to be on the back burner for a while because our country almost became fascist a few years ago. Uh, became almost became an extremely oppressive society. Famous con man Don John Trump became president. And took him several times running. He'd been running for president since I was a little kid in elementary school. And. Uh, my disdain for the man never had anything to do with his political allegiance because he had been a reformed party, Democratic, and then he became Republican. But during that time, those four years, it was scary. And so it's a little, a little scary now. It's it's settled a bit. You know, there's there's we have a commander-in-chief in, as the president now. You know, a decent human being is back at the helm now. Uh, we did not have one for four years. We had a... Loose, loose cannon is a is is an understatement to describe Donald John Trump as president of the United States of America. What a surreal, crazy time that was. That actually happened. I can. I can't fully one hundred percent actually accept the fact that Donald John Trump was the president of the United States. It just I can't. There's like a few tenths of a percent that just can't accept it. There's just something off about it. Did that actually that actually happened? But I've met real live people who are, you know, very proud and in your face about the fact that they love the guy and think he's awesome. I've met them. It's crazy. It's weird, you know. Um, keeping the mind limber, as the dude would say, from with cannabis has uh, helped some over these four years to try to understand how and why. But it's still pretty confusing and it's still pretty surreal. How did that happen? You know, Donald John Trump, of all the people, he, he was kind of the worst of our society. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't like Charles Manson, Ted Bundy bad. But he was pretty bad, you know. And it's it's weird when people like were like, well, no, he's not as bad as Hitler, and that's like supposed to mean that he's like awesome, you know. It, it, no, he's not as bad as Hitler. You know, that that's about as much praise as I can give Donald John Trump. He's not as bad as like the purely evil people that have been throughout history. He's not quite in that realm. He's something slightly more subtle, you know.
but you know there's still a bunch of people that just love the guy think he's awesome think he should be president think he is president there's there's a fair number of people who think he sh he is president Now, with my original beginning of saying that cannabis should be, you know, at least not illegal. I mean, how do people get down those crazy conspiracy rabbit holes? I mean, is it, some would say that's like a, someone stoned maybe came up with some of those crazy things just to see you know, I kind of wonder if the whole Q thing was, like, started by the opposite side or something. You know, like, anonymous or something. Like, who knows? Like, maybe it was just some person just like the Joker and Batman. Chaos theory, you know? Because it's all made up, you know? All those conspiracy theories, that they're all made up, you know? It's just... But how did people actually believe them and stuff how, how did they how did their mind accept such nonsense you know and then make choices in life based off of that nonsense you know it's the biggest cult we've ever had in the united states of america and our country has had a lot of them a lot of them you know branch davidians heaven's gate jonestown and there's been others and then the one, the Netflix documentary, most recently, that the Duplass brothers did, what, Wild Country, the one in Oregon in the 80s. I mean, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of cults. Uh, the Trump cult, though, is just the most recent and the biggest, and the one that went, like, the most mainstream or whatever. Oh, you know, I don't know, some argue Scientology or something. But the MAGA one, it's uh, it's more of a cult in the that it's you know some of its most arduent members engaged in violence on January sixth. It's like um, yeah, I don't know. What is it that will help people wake up and use their minds more? Will cannabis help? Maybe I don't know. How did those people get to a point where they uh, honestly thought that Donald John Trump was an advocate for them? How? How? I mean, that's just—it's crazy. It doesn't even make sense. Like, how, how would? Why would anyone think that Donald John Trump is an advocate for the working class? Like a passionate, you know. proponent of helping the poor and stuff like that and, and generating broad wealth for like societal wealth you know improving society as a whole how how does anyone get to a point where they actually think that that's what he represents you know that's never been what he was about even remotely do people need cannabis in their life to like use their brain more or something I you know maybe it'll help Maybe it'll help. I, I don't know. What will it take? But one thing cannabis will do, I'm bouncing all over the place today, but that's all right. So it goes. The one thing that 
taking cannabis off the list of Schedule One drugs would do is it a re- reduces expenses dramatically and then increases revenues because you could then you just give states the choice. The states that want to legalize it, they can legalize it in the way that makes best sense for them. I think Oregon's system is really nice. You uh, you go to the dispensary to buy it. You just buy the amount that you want, whatever amount that is. It's not pre-packaged, in other words. And then they just weigh it out for you right there and put in a nice little baggie. And it puts a little bar label on They, you know, scan it, and off you go. It's just like buying meat and cheese at the deli. It's a very nice and easy system. Makes sense. No pre-packaged bullshit, uh, which is how Washington does it. It's very dumb. And then the dispensaries are left with excess product because the amount is either too much or whatever you know a lot of times there'll be these big ounce bags that are just kind of hanging out sometimes for months and then eventually they got to get discounted but that product is perfectly decent if it was just you know in a, in a big container and then people walk in they say I'll, I'll take four grams of that and they could just weigh out four grams right then far simpler and then far less waste but um you know, because cannabis was such a black market thing for so long, and there was so much fear around it, and so much propaganda, a lot of choices still being made to this day are based off of those decades of propaganda and and misinformation. You know, there's there's so much like overregulation, overconcern. You know, it's a plant that exists, and there's a lot of education out there already. You kind of, you know keep things within certain parameters but it, you know it's not really something you got to be you know over regulating you know the the law that said that it was purely illegal was a bad law a, a dumb law and there really wasn't any merit to it uh, the fact that it went on for many years and many people spent time behind bars because of it didn't really justify the law. The the law that said that cannabis in and of itself is a crime it should have been declared unconstitutional decades ago. You know, there, there's not really a legitimate reason to say that a person using a plant, growing a plant, having it on them is somehow a crime. They're, they're just, it's not there, you know. There, there, there isn't a way to justify that, but somehow the United States of America has. Um, and I think that in and of itself, it, it, it's, it's one of the many kind of cracks in the foundation that have been exposed over the years, and those cracks have kind of gotten bigger. You know, there's a lot of people that are profiting off of the war on cannabis, and there's a lot of people profiting off of other sort of people accepting accepting alternate realities, if you will. You know, the, the tens of millions of people who watch Fox News every day are, they are being manipulated. So, because there's millions of people watching Fox News every day, there's certain groups of people that can kind of get laws passed that will benefit a very small percentage of the people, you know. Tens of millions of people have decided that Fox News is their source of information, that, and so anything that Fox News tells them, that's what they're going to do, and that's how they're going to vote, and so they will vote Republican. 
then the Republican Party will cut taxes for the wealthy, cut taxes for corporations, and many will also continue to vote against any sort of, you know, repealing of cannabis prohibition and such, too. They're very supportive of the pharmaceutical industry, and they're very supportive of tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations, and they're very against increased funding to any programs that benefit the working class. That is what the Republican Party is. However, we got tons of millions of people that watch Fox News every day. So those tens of millions of people don't know those things about the Republican Party. They don't know those facts about the Republican Party. The Republican Party is the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy through tax cuts for the wealthy and tax cuts for corporations. And in order to achieve those things, they've got to convince working class folks to vote for them. And that's where they get the rhetoric comes in. We got to talk ill of the Democrats. We got to talk about lazy liberals and all kinds of other things. If there's, and you really just got to kind of cater the social, whatever issue it is in the area, that's the one you got to cater it to. So if someone like me being pro cannabis, um, and saying that maybe like people in prisons for crimes related solely to cannabis needing to be released, the Republican is going to say that I am soft on crime, that that's going to be their response. That's how they're going to respond to the pro-cannabis argument. That means you're soft on crime. Nope. Sure doesn't. But that's just an argument that they'll just say. And they'll just kind of say that three-word phrase over and over, soft on crime, soft on crime. You're soft on crime. What crime? Who, you know? What crime is there? Someone was growing a plant, and another person was interested in buying the plant, and so they did, and then they had that on them. There's no crime there. So, repealing cannabis prohibition uh, is not soft on crime. It's actually more, you, you know, focusing the resources of the criminal justice system on things that are more criminal. It's also giving options to people for other medical treatment beyond um, you know, just taking drugs and such. So it's a stress reliever. Expenses go down. You, you decrease the funding to the DEA, ATF, and you decrease the investment in various prisons and such. The various people that are in prisons for cannabis-related crimes, solely related to cannabis, release. Let them get back out into society, start get working, and paying taxes. Yeah. And then just expunge all the records of things that are solely related to cannabis. So you're growing, selling it, or you just had it on them. Okay, just, just take that off, and let's start fresh. So what if we had more of our society being able and allowed to work and being able and allowed to be their best selves? That seems like it would be pretty cool, you know. Cannabis is one of those things that kind of helps that. It may not help every person, but it does help a lot of people. And so w once it's... It, it It is a big linchpin thing because it's we're talking about real live people benefiting from cannabis, being allowed to get cannabis and not have to worry about going to jail. You know, that's a good thing, you know.
So that, that's, but the problem is when we're our society's at the spots now, it's like it, it becomes, it gets pushed back further because we're, we're worried about so, complete societal collapse, but it's one that kind of, I think it'd be like the perfect time to do it. Just kind of take that little, that, that thorn in our side, just kind of take it out. It, it, this weird thing where like if you're growing or selling this type of plant we're gonna we're gonna put you in jail thing let's just stop doing that because that's more just like a stop doing thing that's that's not like oh well how do we tax it no well, no just let's stop putting people in jail because they had this plant on them Let, let's just stop that because that's like a stress so let's just relieve that stress and then maybe pause for a bit and then kind of sort out, okay, you know, and how does the federal government generate revenue from the cannabis thing? Uh, you know, how about just work out that part later and let the states for now decide how they want to deal with it. But basically the federal level just remove that stress point. Just kind of take that stress out, no longer be on the list of Schedule One drugs, and just... And, and let, let the society kind of breathe a bit because then there's just a certain level of oppression and a, and a pushing down on, on many different parts of our society. In my state, it's obviously not as much. You know, our state, my state, Washington State, legalized it a while back. But the federal level, easing back and taking it off the list would certainly help in the states where they haven't legalized it yet. It certainly creates a lot of stress relief and release for those people who use cannabis in states that have banned it still you know and it still is very much a crime and there still is very much you know police officers you know looking around and smelling and kind of you know i you know their eye on the ball is to try to find those those stoners and to round them up there are still parts of the country where that exists you know very much so and so the federal government relieving that stress point opens just opens up a little bit of breathing room, you know, because that's that's one of the things that's going on in our societies, especially in the Trump era, is the increasing of stresses and anxieties and, and various stress points and oppression, you know. The main thing now is just kind of relieving, release, releasing those and relieving those, because another stress point was. The wealthy getting more money that that's actually a stress point within our society you know we the people doing all the work uh, don't get the majority of the benefit and most of that goes to the top and that's the case already and then back in 2017 Donald Trump and the Republican Party made sure that it's even more so that the, the wealthiest get even more than they were already getting and they were getting a lot before, uh, but now they're getting even more, and their their wealth is is ballooning over the last four years. Yeah, getting to massive, massive levels. So that's another stress point because yeah, there's millions of people over the last four years who have uh, you know well there's hundreds of thousands of people who died over the last year because of coronavirus. Um, there's lots of people who are homeless and really struggling over the last few years. But the wealthiest of the wealthy got wealthier. Uh, so that's another stress point that would be nice to, re to relieve. 
uh, is kind of ending those tax cuts that they got a few years ago for the wealthiest and kind of at a bare minimum put them back to where they were but preferably at, a, at an even higher rate uh, they, they got fat on the hog there for a few years their 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 wealth just ballooned dramatically over these four years so they'll, they'll be just fine but uh, yeah, we got to kind of rein that in um, yeah hopefully uh, with if states that do it right you know they legalize cannabis they might just start doing their own state-funded health care that is just state health care you live in the state of Washington for example that means if you get sick, you can go to a doctor and get healed and get better. That'd be pretty awesome if my state could just take the little charge and just do it the right way, meaning universal health care, not universal Medicaid, Medicare, whatever, just universal health care. If you're raising millions of dollars in tax revenue every year just from one sector of the economy, cannabis, well, then I think you could start getting into motion towards health care as a right you know there's no reason to diminish the quality of health care in fact there's more than enough incentive with publicly funded health care to increase the quality of health care to increase the funding of training and education for those that want to get into a you know a medical career and increase the number of you know accredited hospitals and such that exist you know, I think universal health care would be pretty awesome. And it's certainly something that you can also get closer to funding when you, you know, decriminalize cannabis and just allow that to be a tax revenued, you know, substance that can be sold. You can generate a lot of tax revenue, tax revenue that you can use to fund a wide variety of different things, one of which could certainly be the beginnings of universal health care, health care as a right, meaning when you need health care you go and get it that's it that, that's what health universal health care should be the funding directly of hospitals and clinics and medical professionals no they don't get all paid the same it's not socialism okay not socialism socialism is where everyone makes the exact same amount of money health care as a right means health care as a right it means that our society is appropriately funding and staffing you know, medical facilities, hospitals, clinics to appropriately take care of our population. Okay? That's not socialism. That's a 21st century democratic society taking care of its business. Yeah. There's a certain number of people that live in the state of Washington. There's a, and there's, you know, certain regions where there's more, it's more densely populated. You know, there there should be an appropriate number of hospitals and clinics to take care of the people, you know. And so universal health care, again, just to be as simple as possible, should be a system where you have the appropriate number of hospitals and clinics to take care of the people that live in the area. When people in that area get sick or need medical treatment, they go and get it. When they get healed, they go on their way. No, they don't need to get out their checkbook. Why would they need to do that? That's dumb. Okay. No, it's not government-run health care. We, the people of our society, are going to have small portions of our check taxed. The tax is going to go to a big general fund and it's going to fund various things. One of which is going to be to make sure that 
we the people have access to health care when we need it. Yeah. The other is going to be make sure the roads are paved, that the electric grid works, that the water, when you turn it on, it, it's water that comes out and not some kind of acidic, poisonous substance, you know. Uh, it's going to also be making sure that, like, when you breathe in the air, uh, that it is indeed air and, and that it's not, like, toxic fumes from a, you know, some oil refinery a few few miles away um you know are they really pouring out the toxic pollution to a point where like if you breathe it in and you're too close even like 10 miles away you'll get cancer well yeah yes so, so some of the money that's taken out of your check it's that goes into the big massive general fund that everyone puts into it's going to fund all all those kinds of things you know the epa and FDA and stuff like that, but also like, you know, hospitals and, and schools, you know, and the kind of basic foundational type stuff, not safety net, but foundational, not safety net, but foundational, foundational type of things for a modern 21st century society, foundational, not safety net, fucking safety net, fucking hate that fucking term. No, the liberals want entitlement, and we need to call the entitlement caller. I don't understand the appeal of the Republican Party. Ugh. I don't understand how people vote for that because they they don't like the Democrats. Mitch McConnell, Mark Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Jim Jordan, Gozar, Gomer. It's just like really <laughs> those are your heroes in life that's what you want to be that's what you want your children to aspire to you want them to be like them Donald John Trump uh, no you know if, if my children said they wanted to be like him I, I would I would say no that that's not who to aspire to I wouldn't just say oh oh that's great you wanting to be president of the United States is great. Wanting to be Donald John Trump is no good. That's wrong. He's a bad human being. He's immoral, unethical. A, a group of psychiatrists published a book that's already been out for a couple of years now called The Dangerous Case of Donald John Trump. They felt overly compelled to write the book because Donald Trump, yes, a, a well-known figure in popular and stuff, there, there is also... He is also publicly well-known, and, you know, the things that are known about him, the people who have known them kind of thought that they were known, known, you know, like, everyone knew? Like, how did people not know that Donald John Trump was a con man? How is that a thing? How, how is that, how, how is this myth that Donald John Trump was a wonderful, successful businessman, how did that myth perpetuate for so long like why why was it allowed to go on why did news participate in this myth this is sort of prolonging this story of this guy born into affluence who was just an asshole you know and that there's little to anything redeemable about the man but millions of people think he's awesome and think he's going to fight for them and defend their interests and stuff and nope 
So I started with the no, boring canvas. That needs to go away. Because it's a stress point. But it's also one of many stress points. But kind of grander scope thing, I think, is like you take it off the list, more people are allowed to vote, and maybe just because more people are allowed to vote, we have fewer of these sort of Republican sociopaths that become leaders and able to make laws. Maybe if cannabis is legal, there's more kind of conservative, simple town folk who, you know, maybe have fewer reservations about it and maybe at least try it one time, even if it's just like a CBD or something, and, and they kind of, huh. They feel just maybe just feel good. Maybe no, they don't get high or something, but they just gain a slightly pers different perspective. And with that, who knows? You know, what, what, what's the power of thought and power of inspiration? You know, if, if millions of people unplugged from Fox News and then at least kind of. I don't know, it exposed them or interacted a little bit more with the sort of quote-unquote liberal side of our society, what would happen, you know? I think good things would happen, honestly. You know, if, if, if more people unplugged from Fox News and then just interacted more with the quote-unquote liberal I took a, big, a bit of a pause there, and then I lost my train of thought. Just going to try to find a way to round it all up. Well, yeah. Remove cannabis from the list of Schedule 1 drugs. Relieve that stress point. You somehow convince millions of people who are watching Fox News every day to stop watching Fox News and to just to unplug from conservative media. This also includes Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair Broadcasting is a conservative media outlet that owns affiliates throughout the country. So there's actually millions of people beyond just the Fox News crowd that are watching conservative new media, but they may not even realize it because they'll be watching an affiliate that's, um, you know, one that they've been watching for years, but it may only been within the last five or six years that it was taken over by Sinclair. And with Sinclair, you do get something similar to Fox News. In some cases, it's even more extreme because it's local and you can kind of get away with it. You can really cater it to the local market, but it very much is propaganda. Finding a way for people to unplug from those kinds of, uh, that type of media, that type of propaganda style media. Uh, and then getting them to kind of think more for themselves and then at the same time the cannabis relieving from prohibition I think it just would relieve a lot of stress points and kind of give the country a little bit of breathing room um, but you know I don't think people unplugging from Fox News is going to happen, happen anytime soon yes Fox News is propaganda but millions of people have just refused to accept that and so they choose to believe that Fox News is the proprietor of the truth, the one sole outlet 
for the truth. In Fox News' mission statement, they're almost declaring themselves as a propaganda station when they sort of state things like that, and that's kind of what they are. They say, we are the only ones that are telling you the truth, so you can't listen to anything else. That in and of itself is blatant propaganda. You should be encouraged to seek out as many different information sources as possible to formulate your own conclusion, but Fox News isn't like that. They're telling you what to think and how to feel about the information that they're presenting you. They're not just presenting you information. They're telling you how to feel about it. Okay? So, millions of the people just stop doing that and then start voting more based off their own interests. You know, our society could certainly improve, you know. It's not going to be all puppy dogs and ice cream just because uh, we have health care as a right and education as a right and a universal basic income. It's just a foundation, and a foundation is just a foundation. If you just want to lay down on a big slab of concrete, okay. But it's not going to be that comfortable, you know. But with that foundation, you can certainly build a much sturdier house, you know. it's our, The foundation's already there. And uh, a lot of times the prep work for uh, building structures is most of the work. You know, that's a big part of it is just getting that initial foundation down and getting, you know, digging the ditches, getting all the conduit in and stuff like that. So all that, if all that's already done, well, now it's just the prep. Now it's just the building up. Some people, yes, will just simply literally lay down on the slab of concrete with a blanket and the pillow or something some kind of makeshift little thing to cover them from the rain, and that'll be fine. Other people are going to need more. Some people will feel like that foundation is even too much in and of itself and will find some way to not have to even, even be on that. But if everyone has access to the foundation, what you choose to build on top of it will be your choice, and the foundation is simply a foundation not a safety net. It's a foundation. So, with the repealing of cannabis, you can certainly start generating far more tax revenue that can start to fund a wide variety of different things, including healthcare as a right, education as a right, and universal basic income. And, best part, it will not be socialism because we can still earn as much money as you want. If you become one of the lucky few that actually makes more than $10 million in a year, yes, you will have to pay a marginal tax. But, it's an exclusive tax that only a few tenths of a percent of the population are actually going to ever have to pay. So, healthcare is a right, education as a right, universal basic income, and you can earn as much money as you want. I think it would be a pretty good society. So hopefully we'll get there. Stay safe out there. Make sure you're vaccinated. God bless. This is Gary, thinking out loud.